in a world where sequels are often disappointing. Three men imagine how they could be better. This is Sequel Rewrite. Sequel Rewrite! Alright guys, this is uh, episode 3 of uh, Sequel Rewrite. For anyone who hasn't listened to the other two, uh, we are... Which is everyone. Three uh, <laughs> movie buffs who... Hi mom. ...want to talk about sequels that are terrible and how they'd be better. So the general premise here is that we pick a sequel each episode and we talk about why it was bad, and then I will actually pitch these guys on uh, my version of how it could have been better. What it should have been. We and, talk a little bit about the first movie yeah. and, you know, generally about kind of uh, what it should have been, how it should have sequeled. So uh, today we are talking about Ghostbusters. Well, we're talking about Ghostbusters too, but first we got to talk about Ghostbusters, which came out in 1984, directed by Ivan Reitman, and it was written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Hale Ramis. Ramis. Obviously starring Bill Murray, Aykroyd, and Ramis as three, apparently they are parapsychologists, and they started a ghost-catching business in New York City. And then you got Sigourney Weaver and Rick Moranis. She's their first client, and he's her neighbor. How do you how do you forget about Ernie Hudson here? And then Ernie Hudson yeah, you gotta add Ernie Hudson. shows up very late, yeah. and he's their first recruit and barely has any role. Doesn't do movie, anything. Either movie. So the... Just the first one was uh, inspired by Dan Aykroyd's obsession with the paranormal, and he conceived the film as a project for himself and John Belushi while they were both on Saturday Night Live. Oh. Aykroyd and Ramis gave the story a major overhaul during a three-week stay in a Martha's Vineyard bomb shelter. Uh, what? Yeah. Can we hear more about that? Is there nothing that Just that's that they, it? <laughs> they, they hunkered down in a bomb shelter in Martha's Vineyard for three weeks and wrote Ghostbusters. That asks more questions than it answers. <laughs> I, wanna, like I want a movie in. about that. So yeah. they initially wrote roles for Belushi and John Candy. However, Belushi died before the screenplay was complete and yeah. Candy didn't commit to the project. Yeah. Bill Murray agreed to join if the studio would finance his dream project, Razor's Edge. It was obviously a huge success. Uh, grossed $242 million domestic with... Inflation, uh, it would be right under 600, so around Avengers Dark Knight territory. It has a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Roger Ebert gave the film three and a half stars, and he wrote that this movie is an exception to the general rule that big special effects can wreck a comedy. Ah. After the success of the first movie, and then they also had the animated series The Real Ghostbusters, Great. Uh, Columbia Pictures pressured Aykroyd, Ramis, and Reitman to make a sequel. They were uncomfortable with this, and they thought the first film would be by itself, and they wanted to work on other stuff. And, and here comes the sequel. And then eventually, I'm sure that they were pressured into doing it if they wanted to do other stuff. So, Ghostbusters 2 came out in 89. It's again directed by Ivan Reitman. And uh, this time, the plot involves, I'm just going to try to quickly go through it here, a supernatural goo that yeah. reacts to people's emotions, and it's, yeah. I think, created by the anger of New Yorkers. Yes. Uh, and then there's also a subplot, or tied into the main plot, of a painting that uh, comes to life of Vigo, a Vigo, 16th yeah. century tyrant who wants to steal Sigourney Weaver's baby, who had a baby uh, in the five years between Sigourney's, movies. Sigourney Weiner's baby. We, <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah. was going to make a joke, but we'll just move yeah. on. Uh, and they need the baby to use it in a ceremony to bring Vigo back to life out of the painting. 
And this one ends with the Ghostbusters riding the Statue of Liberty around town. So <sighs> Ghostbusters 2 earned $112 million domestic, uh, which is only $246 million with inflation. That's about what The Martian did. So that's more than half less. More than half. More than half less. <laughs> half, God, half as much. You should half not be running the show. Half as much. You're running uh, more than half less. <laughs> so uh, Ghostbusters 2 only has a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. And Ebert stated that he saw the movie in a theater in Michigan out of a packed house. There was only one laugh. So so he only heard – so Ebert only hears one laugh in the theater. Basically said it's not funny at it's all. It's just a lie. Ghostbusters 2. I think it is a lie, but I think he's – Making his point. That I didn't, didn't think laugh that much during Ghostbusters one in terms of ha ha out loud laughing. Yeah, I think there's a lot, lot of, of it, you, you got a smile on your face the whole time. I think a surprising amount of it is the charm of Bill Murray. Yeah, uh, yeah. You just kind of you want to laugh at what he does, but I a lot of Ackroyd's pretty funny. Too. It's so weird to think of Bill Murray as like a sex symbol at the time because he's like such a player and always hitting on all the girls right. and stuff. He's he's like this in other movies too mm-hmm. uh, at, at that time. So let me talk about things we love about the original. We all agree we like the first one, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the chemistry of the three of them is like a big part of it. Aykroyd's really excited. Ramus is uh, nerdy and serious. And then Bill Murray is seems like not even really a real scientist. He's like a hack, right? Like yeah. he's doing this because he has the grant money and he doesn't want to get a real job, basically. Yeah. And he, he like doesn't believe in himself. Right, like in the beginning of the movie, when he's interviewing the old lady at the library, he's like, "Okay, are you menstruating right now? Are you on any drugs? Yeah. Has anyone in your yeah, family ever Yeah, he seems like real skeptic. And then uh, Winston, like I said, is pretty yeah. underdeveloped, and even though we think of him as a Ghostbuster, so my one of my things that I would want in the sequel is for his role to be a little more played up. The possession angle is a pretty crucial thing that's appealing: is that they can get possessed by the ghosts and become this other thing, and they're both like on that mission to start the gatekeeper and the whatever, yeah, but even master. all of his like flirtation with Sigourney Weaver as his neighbor and him like being on a health kick and you realize like how eighties that was and like she's yeah. always in like jazzercise clothes and like it felt like I think Moranis just kind of jumped into it. Way I bet his character was barely written yeah. and he's yeah. just he's because he's that stuff. good. Yeah, yeah. He, I think yeah. he's probably the best thing in both of them. I, I agree. Think he's even funnier in the second one. Yeah, he's he's really funny. He just works really well because none of them are nerdy enough. Because even though Egon's nerdy, he's still kind of cool. Yeah. But they need that, like, super nerd aspect. Yeah, and Moranis is so perfect for it. He's just perfect. So my main question coming off of, before I get into the pitch, is that I would say at the end of Ghostbusters 1, the entire city of New York, and conceivably the world, has seen this happen. Even though we go five years in the future because it took them a long time to make the second movie... There's no way that the Ghostbusters are just performing a birthday party. So I, I see what you're saying. You, 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 they've set up this world up now. They've created this world, and you're in there. You can't just now As go back now, to the, the world sequel, where they're, they they're just, hard up for money. The sequel, and, they almost restarted it. Yeah, they had yeah. them all not be Ghostbusters, and then ghosts start happening again in New York, and they need the Ghostbusters again. Right. So we're going to switch that. So part two, we're doing the sequel. So... Uh, we open on a random family on a road trip and probably get some sort of thing telling us this is in California. And the dad's lost, uh, refusing to ask for directions, very 80s. Very 80s dad, yeah. So they don't see anyone else on the road for a while. They pull up to this gas station to ask for directions. It's like nighttime now. There's nobody at the gas station, but he's pissed and he's going to go take a leak. So he goes to take a piss and uh, two twin 
beautiful women approach him. And these are going to be, I'm going to say, well, this is going to be played, both be played by Winona Ryder. Mm, sure. And she's going to be the big bad in this movie. Okay. I like that. So, and she's, and she's too next young. year, too young? Maybe. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what, but we'll see. I don't know yet. Was, and Heather's was before that, right? Yeah. And okay. Heather's, she doesn't even look like she's in high school. All right. Yeah. Fair okay. So she is, uh, <laughs> she's, she's playing both of these twin women. They come up to the dad. They ask him if he's like this crazy name or whatever. It's like demon okay. name. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Galong, Galong. Yeah. Uh, their eyes do something creepy. They have snake tongues, something like that. He runs back to his family's car. Yeah. And then you get this big opening scene where the gas station they're at comes alive. And so the gas hoses are being Flaring like... Flaring at them. It's kind of like that. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that one uh, tire commercial. But there's, <laughs> there's, there is a... There is a... That's not what I was expecting you to say. There's a Michelin commercial where it's kind of like a cartoon where the gas station is alive attacking this car. Oh, actually, I have seen this. And, like, and the hose, like, pulls yeah, the guy through the window. Yeah, it looks kind of cool. Yes. So it's kind of like an octopus yeah. gas station or Yeah, great. Anyway, I think that could be kind of fun. So the family freaks out, and all these sort of ghosts and ghouls come out, and then you see Slimer is, like, in the convenience store eating all the food or whatever. Yeah, kids like, love Slimer. Yeah. And then uh, the family drives off screaming. Cut to black. We don't get a Ghostbusters title card, Bunch then? of ghosts. Sure, yeah, you do. That's, okay. that's You get the ghost. Then, next scene, you see the Ghostbusters sliding down the fire pole, but then you realize that it's actually little kids dressed as Ghostbusters. I like that. So they become like kind of part of the culture. Yes, and they're actually in the Ghostbusters firehouse getting a tour. The tour is being led by Ernie Hudson, and it's been five years since the events of the first movie, and we are going to gather that the Ghostbusters are now very famous. Uh, they've cleaned up the city of New York of ghosts, uh, he shows the class, the state-of-the-art containment unit that Egon created, where all the yeah. ghosts are being held. Yep. And then he offers everyone a free ghost trap, anyone that wants it, but everyone says their parents already have one. Okay. So they uh, mass-produced that little trap thing. To catch to all the ghosts. Yeah. So they're, they're multi-millionaires now. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so they walk by their offices, one of the kids like, where are, where are the other Ghostbusters? And Winston says they're on a consultation trip. Vinkman, Egon, and Ray are in Los Angeles. They're meeting with the mayor to set up a Ghostbusters franchise in Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, they've set, their goal is to set up a Ghostbusters station in every major city. So far, they've done it in Chicago, Detroit, Boston, and uh, Miami. Just east, <laughs> east Coast. It's so funny. The way you pay attention to detail in these scripts. Some things you're so detailed, <laughs> and other things you're like, yeah, and then her eyes go crazy and the t- snake tongues or something. But you've named like four cities in here that they've set up franchises. <laughs> well, it's just great. No, it's great. Yeah. I'm just telling you your attention well, to detail Well, I think some things you can just picture and other things I need to get specific about so you understand how big they've become. Or right. Tour group leaves, and we get a sense that uh, Winston is bored. He talks to the receptionist chick. Uh, I see. Um, I forget Janine? her name. Yeah, Janine. Yeah, Janine. Yeah, kind of hot. Kind of hot. No, yeah. totally hot. He's jealous that the other guys get to go do the important stuff out in California. Cut. Cut to three Ghostbusters at Disneyland on a roller coaster, sure. doing not important stuff. Right. They're they're dressed uh, nicely. They're looking very Hollywood. They're taking pictures with people at Disneyland. They're famous. Egon's not having fun, or Egon's having fun too. Egon's having fun too. Oh, see, I picture Egon not having fun there. Like, this is childish, but whatever. Great. I, like I, 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 I still like, like it. 
I still like it. He wants to keep me back in New York with his model wife. And he's like taking readings of stuff while he's there. He's like, I don't yeah, get it's it. More no, I he's think not, they're, they're, they're all sold out at this point. Then Bill Murray says that since they're out there, he should hit up Sigourney Weaver, who moved to L.A. because she joined the uh, L.A. Philharmonic. Because in the first one, I don't know if you guys remember, she is a like violinist. Yeah, she's a yeah, And she's then a for some reason, in the second movie, they made her an art restoration painter. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, well, she's, she's got many skills. She's right. Very so let's just keep her as a violinist. She moved to L.A. for her career. As a musician, and she does not have a baby. She spent 25 years becoming first chair yeah. in the New York Philharmonic. And, and she's, she's like, like, nah, let's become a painter. Yeah, let's actually be a painting restorer. <laughs> he wants to hit her up. The guys think that that's obviously not a good idea. Then they have to go have a meeting with the mayor. Then we get uh, them in the mayor's office, and we hear the Ghostbuster pitch that they need a contract from the city. They're very, you know, like cocky and confident about this, that they want to build it, an abandoned firehouse. It's their like signature thing. Uh, they promise that the ghost problems will be gone in the first six months. We don't have any abandoned firehouses. They'll uh, train a group of Ghostbusters to stay in L.A. full time. And they explain the success they've had in other cities. All sounds great. They uh, even are going to have a meeting soon with the president to hopefully urge him that all cities should have Ghostbusters, blah, blah, blah. Uh, mayor is like impressed. Like a federal service, like a police or fire. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, mayor, is, mayor is impressed. Uh, he's about to sign, but then he asks about the borders that the Ghostbusters will be protecting. Uh, and they said that it's just the city limits. And then he mentions, well, uh, we've been noticing some unusual activity a little north of Los Angeles. Uh, would you guys, and they're like, oh, is this random small town? Yeah, we'll, we'll just, we'll do that as if, we'll take care of that just as a favor if you agree that we'll take over. Uh, Los Angeles. Sure. So, Mayor signs. Ghostbusters are going to Bakersfield. Uh, then they uh, get in the limo to celebrate, and they realize that they forgot their proton packs because they don't even. So they call Winston, and they. So tell they him, forgot their proton packs. It's a yeah. pretty big deal. So you're saying they're just so disconnected from yes. it, they just don't give a shit. Yes, it's been five years. They haven't even used their proton packs. I'm saying and. Yes. So they have other Ghostbusters doing all the work for them, and they're sort of uh, – they're just uh, celebrities at this yeah. point. Yeah. Wait, explain to me why would – if Ernie Hudson is an original Ghostbuster, wouldn't he be at the top of the line for like great Ghostbusting gigs if there are all these people that are now busting ghosts? Well, he's in charge of the New York thing, but there's but you just, said he's no just ghosts. Going to, oh, because the ghosts are all gone. Yeah. Got it. So They busted all the ghosts. Yeah. So he, uh, they call up Winston. They're like, "Hey, can you uh, bring out the proton packs? Just catch the next flight." Do they have cell phones at this point? A big Zach Morris phone? Eighty nine? Yeah, maybe. Zach Morris. I don't know. Phone? Maybe you could have some crazy limo phone, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So they call him. Uh, he's gonna, and then Rick Moranis comes along with him. So they fly out. Okay. With uh, all the. Ghostbuster gear. I, I would love to see a, a flight scene of Rick Moranis sitting next to Ernie Hudson just badgering him the whole flight yeah. from yeah. New York to L.A. Yeah. So you could have a quick little scene. I was also debating whether or not they would have had like a private jet with the Ghostbuster logo on the side, but I think the Ghostbusters would have already taken that, so he wouldn't get to take that. But either way. Uh, no, I think he should. I Ooh. think he should take Cut back to uh, 
are guys in Hollywood going out for a night on the town. And this is where you have your models. Yeah, all right. You go into clubs. You got uh, models. And yeah. you got lots of babes. And you got 80s bottle service. Some celebrity you probably, cameos, you probably have some celebrity cameos. Uh, sending over a bottle to them, that type of stuff. Donald Trump. Uh, could be Donald Trump. Could be, uh, what's the Snipes? Oh. What's sure. Snipes? Yeah. Uh, Bill Murray. Uh, has arranged it so that the bar they're going to is the bar where he knows Sigourney Weaver mm. plays at in a small band or something, whatever. Yeah, he's going to bump into her. Violinist, clubbing violinist. So he goes and uh, well, she's like playing in some jazz band or something. I don't know. So he goes and he bumps into her, he buys her a drink, and we get that whole scene of them reconnecting or whatever. Yeah. Uh, then you have uh, Winston and Rick Moranis show up at the club. Rick Moranis is annoying to everyone. Uh, but he's happy to see Sigourney Weaver. I think you got to have a super fan show up. Yeah. And I think this could be, I'm debating if this is, but this is John Candy because they wanted him in the first one. They didn't get him. So obviously you get him for the second one. I don't yeah. know why they didn't. Uh, and I think he's either, I think it'd be kind of funny if he plays himself. Yeah. Uh, so he's just playing John Candy as a John super Candy. fan. Yeah. Um, so he's also shows up and is annoying to them and it's like asking them all these ghosts stories and great like no that. i love it john candy shows up in a ghostbusters shirt as john candy yeah great yep and then the he, does, yeah, he has the little action figures yeah, yeah, and he's yeah, like yeah, making yeah, them yeah. play on the yeah. table great and uh him and uh rick moranis obviously connect because he's the only one that actually wants to talk to him about <laughs> yeah of course yeah uh and then the yeah. ghostbusters theme comes on in the club and everybody's fucking uh, dancing to the ghostbusters yeah theme. 80s remix style oingo yeah. boingo then you have the evil twins uh, Winona Ryder. Yeah, they walk into the club. We've Winona seen them. Ryder's we've seen them from the opening. Oh, this is my favorite movie already. Uh, so everyone, all the guys are immediately like drawn to them more than just because she's the hot chick. Because obviously they're like have exuding some sort of power, power or whatever yeah. over all the men, except for Sigourney Weaver. Uh, so Egon Ray and Winston uh, go and talk to the twins, and they're flirting with them. Get some Egon flirting, which is a great comedy yeah. opportunity. Then uh, some Hollywood douchebag guy tries to start a fight with him. He's like, thinks the Ghostbusters are assholes or something. Winston punches this guy out. Security takes him away. But the twins see Winston's masculinity mm. that he punched this guy out. And their eyes light up. And they take him and they leave with him. Okay. And then we get Egon and Ray. They're depressed. They start doing shots. They're like, oh, girls never like us. So Winona is not ethereal in any way. She just looks like a normal human. She looks like a normal human. Uh... Yeah, I okay. think she would maybe, maybe a little too '80s or something, but still. I know what you mean. Yeah, I get it. I, I, um, I, got, it. I got it in my head. So then, I'm uh, keep it there forever. We we, we keep with uh, Egon and Ray. They're depressed, drinking, and uh, Sigourney and Bill Murray. He finally convinces her to leave with him, so they leave. Mm-hmm. And we follow uh, Winston. He goes back to the room with the two chicks. Just the hint of the threesome about to start, and then we see from outside that like the whole room goes like red or something, like some crazy supernatural. From the outside, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah, something crazy happens in there. Then we cut to the next morning. Egon and Ray, super hungover, they wake up in the same bed because they didn't get anybody. Right. Yeah. Uh, then they then they need to check on. Yeah. They go to Winston's room. The door is torn down. There's like pentagrams all over the wall and creepy right. writing. And then, uh, and he's been filleted. He's he's missing. So uh, we know the twins must have taken him. 
Egon uh, scans the room, high levels of paranormal activity. Bill Murray's obviously got to make a threesome joke. They're like, whoa, wild night, right? I mean, there's got to be something. Well, I was going to say that they pick up, have to pick him up at Sigourney Weaver's place, so he's not even there yet. Uh, okay. uh, but yeah, Anyways, somebody could, Egon could say that. It seems like kind of an Egon line. Right. Um, then uh, John Candy shows up. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've been following you guys. Uh, whoa, what's this? Something crazy happened. You know, I'd like to get involved. And he just tags along as like the yeah. super fan. He says, he's, he's, yeah, because the they're like, Egon's like, I think it probably has something to do with that small town. And then uh, John Candy's like, oh, I know where that is. I'll, I'll, I'll help you guys get there or whatever. So just he gets tagged in. They wake up Rick Moranis, who's like obviously in some weird sleeping gear or something. So then you have the. Four of them get in the car. They go pick up Bill Murray at Sigourney Weaver's place. Same car? Ghostbusters Hearst or some sort of Ghostbusters limo? I don't think it's the Ghostbusters Hearst because I think that would... So I don't think... I think it's just uh, a limo at this point. Okay. Um, Oh, wait, wait, wait. We need a tricked out Ghostbusters car for this this movie. I think it's coming. You know how every... Oh, you got one. Yeah, well, I think they have to make one. I don't think they would have one yet. Okay. So they tell him, we're going to go to that town. We think they probably took him there. Okay. Uh, Sigourney Weaver, obviously. <laughs> Bakersfield is like, please make this movie. <laughs> comes along for Bakersfield. And John Candy and Moranis are super annoying in the car ride as they're going towards the town. Yeah, great. Uh, we get to the uh, small town. They get to it. Egon uh, finds some information that the town has a history that, like, when there were gold miners, there was, like, these twins. This gold miner had twins who was accused of witchcraft, and they were burnt at the stake or something. Great. So we're realizing that the Winona Ryder characters are, like, uh, witches. Okay. So, um, and the town is a hotbed of, like, paranormal activity. So they get to the town. It's just completely deserted ghost town. Wait, what, what minute of the movie are we in right now? Uh, this is like minute 30. Oh, this is, we're still pretty early. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Nothing happens at first. Then they like make their way to some part of the town, and then it's just completely overrun with ghosts. And it's literally like as many ghosts as like they've ever seen. It's a lot of ghosts. Yeah, lots of ghosts. And it's a ghost it, town. They uh, have some interaction. Oh, like with, a ghost city, you know, ghost metropolis yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they have some sort of like initial battle and they don't even really know how to use their proton packs anymore. They're, like they're like rusty at it or whatever. And they basically almost like they barely beat like one little tiny ghost. And they're like, oh, shit, this That's is going to be this is going to be tougher than we thought. Right. And also, at some point, you're going to find evidence that, like, the reason the mayor of L.A. cares about this is because there's, like, construction that's going to go through it for some new uh, bullet train or something. I feel like 80s movies, there's a lot of, like, the government has ulterior motives. Like, you shouldn't trust them. Sure. And I think the Ghostbusters could realize that while they're there that oh this is why the mayor sent us to do this why he cares about this oh i see because he has some ulterior motive yeah from, i got you um so then they find winston they try to save him and then we're gonna find out that he's possessed and the twin demon chicks like uh control him and they control all the ghosts in the town so the twin demon chicks 
went to Los Angeles in order to possess Ernie Hudson. Yeah, because they they, they they were looking for. Yeah, they think he's like somebody that they need to like lead their army of ghosts or something. They they were looking for a very masculine man to help yeah. lead them because Ernie something. Hudson punched them in the face. Yeah, but also the main reason of possessing him is to keep him involved in the plot because uh, you don't need that many Ghostbusters. You want to have your three main Ghostbusters, but you still want to have him do something in this movie. So then the uh, twin uh, witch demon chicks, Winona Ryder chicks, would show up and they would just dominate them. And the ghost, they would say that they like cast a spell on the town or whatever, and the technology that they currently have will not work on any of these ghosts. So wait a second. So the witches make it so the Ghostbusters are totally ineffective. Yes. Okay. Because uh, it kind of got old that you just they have these proton packs, they shoot at any ghost. And that's it. There's no, like, escalation of that. So I sure. think you have to make it so that they have to build some new version of it or something. to like. Okay. So they got to go, like, Old West. They got to go yeah, analog. So they, so they go, like, they go hide out, and they're, like, they're going to figure out how to uh, beat these ghosts. <laughs> beat these ghosts. Or bust ghosts. them, as you will. Yeah, bust the ghosts, So man. they're uh, hiding out. John Candy is uh, standing guard. And there's a ghost that shows up. He grabs one of the proton packs, tries to chase the ghost around, accidentally shoots and kills Rick Moranis, who will then come back immediately as a ghost. Okay. Friendly ghost. As a friendly, as himself, as a ghost. Okay. So you have this great... Hey, uh, guys, my body feels a little bit weird. Comedy moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you get this, like, strange, dark moment of... An actual death, but then immediately he pops out of his body. Do you milk like, it at all? Do you have like a sad yeah, moment? Yeah, yeah. Like, upset? oh man, you know, I thought he was so annoying, but now I'm going to miss him. And then right. he immediately pops back up and, he's and, like, never, hey, and everyone's like, ah, fuck. Yeah, and he's everyone's upset about really it. Really annoying. More annoying than ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you have John Candy for the rest of the movie being so apologetic that he <laughs> killed him. Right. You have uh, basically split up at this point so that Egon and Ray are going to test different things on Rick Moranis' ghost to see what will now work to be able to capture Fun little him. montage scene there. John Candy's helping them. And then you have uh, Bill Murray and Sigourney Weaver are going to go free Winston. They go to free Winston, um, and Vinkman would actually have to hypnotize him to break his trance, and he would actually successfully do his hypnotism, even though he's... Supposedly a hack at it. So he would show that he has some skill in this. And, yeah. You know, okay. Yeah. yeah. Once he's uh, once they free Winston, he tells them what the plan is. And it's like, all right, so they the ghosts know about us. They've all been hiding here. They've left the major cities because they know that we've been... Uh, we've been busting yeah, them so hard. And they're planning yeah. a major attack on L.A. And so we we got to stop it. Then you just basically have... Ghost apocalypse. The big scene of the movie being... Uh, like a whole flood of ghosts coming from up north, like over the Hollywood sign and down right. into downtown. Over the hills. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think uh, one ghost of apocalypse. the big, uh, the big ghost could be a ghost uh, dinosaur, like a T-Rex because you get dead. some big guy ghost. Yeah. Well, I think a T-Rex would be fun. Is it a skeleton or is it? Uh, no, I think it's like uh Part of the skeleton is showing, but it's like it a, should come like out of rotting, uh, it should come out of uh, the La Brea tar pits. Ooh, that's Bra- great! Oh yeah, sure, Boom. yeah, Boom. the woolly mammoths or whatever. Yep. Okay, so it could just be woolly mammoths, but I have some reason like the idea of a ghost T Rex. Oh, uh, what about the like 
Hollywood celebrity ghosts coming out of the ground. Oh, sure. sure. Yeah, you get that. The walk of stars or whatever. They're all coming out of their stars or the yeah. Hollywood cemetery. I love the idea that they come out of the stars like they're all buried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right uh, yeah, you get Marilyn Monroe and Ghost Monroe. That's great. So That's you great. get, yeah, those guys and big Hollywood sign is being trampled on by the ghost T-Rex or whatever the big ghost thing is. Uh, and then they have... Re- Egon's reworked the proton packs or whatever. He's figured out how to make them work on these ghosts. And then, Are they bigger and better now? Do we up the ante yeah, on the weapons? Yeah, they'd be bigger. And also in this town, uh, John Candy, who is a mechanic or whatever, has built them the... The, the new uh, the new Ghostbusters new car. Ghostbusters car. That's like an old fire truck or yeah, something. Yeah, whatever. And then they come into town and they're chased being chased by the T Rex or whatever back into LA and then they are a fire truck could be cool if they somehow geared in the fire, so hose. The fire hose is oh, a, like yeah, great. is a electric uh, ghost thing, buster thing. Yeah, electric so, ghostbuster thing. <laughs> so I know what you mean. I, they're I know spraying like buildings yeah. full of ghosts. Right. Yeah, that could be cool. Um, Electric Ghostbuster thing. So then they... Uh, it's just about as much explanation as they give in the movies, yeah, though, to be fair. Yeah, they, don't, they don't give you much more than and that. And then uh, I think another fun thing is that you have, because uh, Rick Moranis is dead, that Sigourney puts on his pack, and then so she's like a Ghostbuster. Because, sure. Not John Candy. Oh, he's driving the, he's he's, driving the yeah, truck. Yeah, he's driving the truck. And he's like, this is great! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you get that moment where she needs to suit up too for them to cross streams to defeat the twin. And it would be great to have a moment here where she belts up and puts yeah, on yeah. the jumpsuit. I mean, suit. people would be excited about that. Yeah. As opposed to her being helpless in the second movie and just worried about her baby the whole time. Yeah. It's uh, 1989 though. They're not progressive. Yeah. They're not and progressive then, uh, So they save LA and then they expose that the LA mayor was corrupt. So the mayor gets ousted or whatever. We see that in like the newspaper or something at the very end. And then uh, John Candy takes over the L.A. operation of Ghostbusters. Right. And they uh, return to New York and then you see them all in there. Yeah. Uncle Buck (laughs) never happens. He is. He is. (laughs) He is John Candy. I keep forgetting that actually. He is John Candy. We've just deprived the world of a a dozen great 80s and 90s comedies. Then you get them back in the firehouse and they all sit down at their desks and they're like, yeah, we should spend more time here. And then uh, Sigourney Weaver comes back with Bill Murray and then uh, some final joke with Rick Moranis' ghost who pops back up. Great. That would be Ghostbusters 2. Great. I think with, you know, what you're presenting here is what, if Ghostbusters 2 was written today, right. it would probably be like that. You're bringing in a lot of, like, modern, modern comedy tropes, like like John Candy playing himself. That isn't a joke that right. happened in the 80s, where you so have, like, this self-aware... That's not imperative to the character. But I think... Yeah, I know well, Once mean. we talked about celebrity cameos, seeing them in Hollywood, it's right. funny that... John Candy plays himself. Yes, which is, I think, a more self-aware type yeah. meta joke that you get today that I don't think existed in right. the 80s. What do you think mm-hmm. about the well, ending? Well, maybe it did. Maybe, like, the very end after the Rick Moranis joke is is them sort of, like... Maybe it's, like, Bill Murray and Sigourney Weaver on, like, their honeymoon or something, and they're in Paris. And then they see and a ghost. There's, like, a Paris ghost. Yeah. Yeah, I did have, I forgot to say, oh, they're, they're going to take a fran- uh, vacation at the end or something. Um, to lead up to a potential propose. third. Like a yeah. ghost with a beret. But that's, yeah, that's pretty smart. Uh, Be Napoleon, right? Or something like that. He could, uh, or the Eiffel Tower itself. This is like, like a rrr. this is like a halfway through the credits moment. Yeah. 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 
but yeah, it just felt to me like they took all these, they didn't even take one second to look at how much the world had changed from what the, how they ended the first one to what the second one I mean, I'll tell be. you, I would much rather watch your version of Ghostbusters than Ghostbusters 2. Even though it's not perfect, I would much rather watch yours. Yeah. You haven't failed us yet, Kevin. I'm a, disapp- I'm a little annoyed. I, I really want to rip, you, rip yours apart. I know. It's too good. It's uh, Well, it's easy also to make a better movie, movie than these bad sequels. Right. <laughs> it's not like I'm competing against good sequels. Right. Uh, anyway. Which, speaking of which, we're going to be talking about Robo- RoboCop 2 next yeah, week. Yeah, so next, uh, next episode will be RoboCop 2. And uh, we'll see you guys next time.